Healthcare, healthcare, healthcare. What a week. I'm Matt Sinovic, the Executive Director of Progress Iowa. And I'm Lauren McElmail, the Digital Director for Progress Iowa. Welcome to What a Week, where we break down the week's top news stories. This week was all about health care um, at a national level, at a local level. On There were uh, frustrating moments and, and moments for hope this week on the health care front. Um, and we're going to start with uh, abortion uh, again. Because it's health care. Yep. Uh, and and because we have Republican majorities in the House and Senate and Republican governor. So they are fixated on taking away uh, the right to a, an abortion in this state. And Lauren has had the unfortunate, the, the really done a great job, but had the unfortunate task of of following along the subcommittee and committee meetings last week and again this week. So I feel like I asked you this last week, but what was your takeaway from the committee meeting that happened today? We're recording on Thursday. Jake Chapman is annoying. And And remind everyone who Jake Chapman is. Jake Chapman is the senator who chaired the subcommittee that I went to last week um, who gave the spiel about how they had it right in 1857 and uh, he said that unironically. And, di- and nothing he, has changed. Nothing since then. has changed right. since then. And yeah. uh, he, I walked in and he had the little 1857 code book on the table with him. And my that first was today again. That was today because I know he did that I last like, week too, right? Okay. I was like, please don't read it again. And I don't want to hear your <laughs> the same comments that you made last week. Mm-hmm. Mostly stuck to his greatest hits. About yeah, how how they uh, the 1857 people were really thinking thinking correctly again with no regard for irony, uh, and then he also laid out what the punishment was for um, abortion for performing an abortion at the time, which was a year in jail and a fine. So I think we can tell where their their minds are going as far as I hope they didn't get any ideas from that because. I mean, they've got kind of run of the run of the the state house right now, so don't want to give them any new ideas about punishing people who seek abortions. Yeah, it seems like they want to just punish anyone involved, from the doctor, healthcare professional, yeah, the the person who's having an abortion. Um, They're also trying to paint this. Um, so it's Senate joint resolution um it's not a it's not a senate file so it's not technically a bill it's a resolution that would push for a constitutional amendment and this is the first step in a series of steps but i mean after the collective bargaining debacle of 2017 i think they can pretty well fast track what whatever they want as long as though as long as the will is there but a lot of them are saying that this is just because of their correcting judicial overreach and that the majority opinion of which uh, the late Justice Mark Cady wrote um, that f- basically found through the Equal Protection Clause and due process um, a right to privacy and a right to access this service, access abortion services, um, and 
apparently they're very concerned that people have rights, <laughs> which yeah. I think generally sums up a lot of what this Republican Party has been about. Yeah, I mean, I think that they probably feel like anybody that has rights that aren't that don't look like them or me, straight white dude, um, they're they're looking for any excuse to take those away. Yeah, so th- I think they're they're hoping that their language that it's an innocuous sort of uh it's just correcting a wrong is they're hoping it's going to fly under the radar and people are gonna be like yeah this sounds fine and also generally referendums and ballot initiatives are attended by older less politically liberal uh voters and what was your takeaway from being in the room last week and this week? Is it something that was well attended? Do you think it's going to fly under the radar? This week was far more well well attended, I think, because it's a full committee and you have to, I think you have to give more notice about what you're considering in full committee as opposed to a subcommittee, which the subcommittee was was middle of the day on a Thursday. And then this one was about the same time and far more people. More- and even, but it is also the second week of session, and so yes. they had, like last week they did this day two yes. or day, you know. So yeah, very very quickly out of the gate. Yeah, I think it was more well attended. We also had some people come in from other parts of the state. Like there mm-hmm. was a group from Cedar Rapids there who um, were coming That's to the indivisible group. The indivisible right? group, yeah, yeah that so came in. Props um, to them for coming out. Which yeah, uh, was nice to see more people come down to the state house because it is hard to get from the further corners of the state down to Des Moines without like sort of a big like day on the hill sort of thing, like a vet's day on the hill or, or a teacher's day on the hill or something. And, um, there was also a rule that you could not have signs in it. And Chuck Hurley would looked real peeved about it because he had a big stack of signs with him. (laughs) And well, that's good, which I enjoyed because I don't need to see his terrible signs. Um, anything that, Oh, and then Chuck yeah. is fine with me. Uh, so. Repub- so they opened committee with uh, that Republicans were going to caucus, and it was just kind of, and the Democrats didn't caucus because, like, clearly they already knew what was they were going to do, and but also Republicans clearly already knew what they were going to do too, and so it was just a waste of time for them to go to caucus. And the woman who was staying next to me. Um, said she really wanted to get a picture of when they all came back in the room because it was just a bunch of white dudes who were a bunch of old white dudes who wanted to take away rights from from people who can get pregnant in Iowa. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of people who are not uh, just old white dudes, uh, Greg had a great interview with uh, Senator Claire Selsey, who was the only woman on the subcommittee that originally took up that bill. Um, at, that was on Daily Dome. So if you go to potluck.fm slash daily six and that's daily with the number six, you can hear that interview. Um, but it's also just on potluck.fm as well. Yeah, Claire Celsi has been a really good advocate for, for pregnant people this week and people who can who can get pregnant, and she's done, a, she's done a great job kind of pushing back on the narrative that this is just kind of an innocuous sort of uh, legislative correction. It's also the 47th anniversary of Roe versus Wade, this week, um, and Iowa Republicans celebrated it. 
by pushing again for this constitutional amendment that would open the door for more restrictions. And the language of the amendment is just so that it's, it finds that there is no right to an abortion. I can't think of like the exact language right now, but um, it, it would really take away that kind of fail safe that of our Iowa constitution that does find that we have a lot of these rights, Rights, it's right there in our state motto. Our liberties, we prize our rights, we will maintain. And they're not maintaining our rights right now. They're trying to take them away. But especially now, almost 50 years after Roe versus Wade, there were horror stories beforehand of women, uh, and I presume other in I presume other pregnant people, these stories just are not told as widely. Um, but women in Iowa had to go to Chicago, to Minneapolis. Yeah. There were stories of people being found in Beaverdale basements um, yeah. bleeding out. Um, and I, I think one of the things that Republicans have done really well, which is annoying, is they've made everyone who has an abortion feel like they are so alone. But one in four women will have an abortion before they're 45. And women are certainly not the only ones who have abortions, but that was the statistic that I could find. But still, that's... 25% of half the population, which I'm, I don't do math, but like, that's a lot of people it is a lot who of have, people. who have experienced. And I mean, there's no singular abortion experience, but experience some sort of brush with this, this healthcare procedure. And it's so, it's still so widely misunderstood and there's so much misinformation about it that we're just going backwards at this point. And it feels like this because it's certainly true that that the Republicans, the white, mo mostly white male Republicans that want to do this, that continue to do this, don't care about the well-being or the health of of women or children in this state. Mm -hmm. They want to control. They want to enact control over people that they don't think deserve to have equal rights yeah um, the more insidious part is that there are a lot of white women in this too like yeah. kim reynolds kiv the women who voted yes today which was chris Cronoyer and marionette miller meeks who are both senators yeah which is unfortunate to see it yeah it absolutely is i don't have any explanation for the for the women who are voting for this or the men who are voting for this internalized um, misogyny <laughs> well um uh but it's just, it is an honest, it, it's a shame that like you, you have this document, uh, our constitution, that in theory should be expanding people's rights. And that is what it has traditionally done or, or at its best, let's say that, what it, what it should do. And so putting something into it that would take away the rights of over half of our population um, is is just completely unacceptable. So we will continue to fight this and encourage encourage everyone in the state to do to do the same. So this week we also joined with Iowa Senate Democrats and Iowa House Democrats to put on a press conference at the State House for uh, protecting people with pre-existing conditions in Iowa. Um, Matt, could you go into a little bit what this this new bill? that they're planning on introducing does? Yeah, so this is all against the backdrop of the health care lawsuit that President Trump and a number of Republican attorneys general have filed 
that has been moving through the courts. Um, there was a really unfortunate ruling last December where they where they ruled against the Affordable Care Act. That's now going to go through the, to the Supreme Court, although not for a little while. But there's a real chance that the ACA could be completely overturned. If that happens, then you'll have nearly 1.3 million Iowans who have pre-existing conditions and millions and millions of people across the country who have pre-existing conditions who won't have health care or who would pay a lot more for health care. But also like pre-existing conditions can be like asthma, right. high blood pressure, yes. very small kind of innocuous things like childbirth. Yeah. Or well, not, right, not that like, childbirth is an innocuous thing, but like being a woman yeah. who, who could have a child yeah. at some point, that's a pre-existing condition because it's a it's because that could cost the insurance company more. So that's I don't think insurance companies know what they're supposed to be like. D- did they not know what they're getting into, like with like how insurance is supposed to work? Yeah, and I suppose they this know. Is, I suppose this is oh, how they, insurance is supposed oh, they to know. work. They know they're just trying to scam every dollar uh, out of us as 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 much money out of us as possible. So, um, which is corporations, the, right, man, which, which is the problem. So, um, so. The idea is to put those protections for people with pre-existing conditions into state law as much as possible um, because if the federal law gets overturned, then a lot of people here, well, all over the country, but in Iowa would, would be would be um, defenseless against these predatory uh, insurance companies. And so we are well, encouraging... One of whom would be me. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so one, we're standing with... Um, and the event today was standing with Democratic lawmakers who are proposing bills that would put those protections into state law. And then we're going to make this a big focus of ours throughout the session, um, pushing for the bills to move forward. They probably won't um, because the Republicans are in control. Um, but And Republicans have their own bill, but it doesn't go far enough. watered down. So the basic difference is... Um, the basic difference is that the Republican bill says that that an insurance company has to cover, has to provide coverage for someone with a pre-existing condition. What it does not do is it doesn't put any mechanism in place that that would control the cost. So an insurance company could say, "Oh, you've had breast cancer once before and beat it." Well, uh, like. There's an increased chance gonna, that you're going to get it again. We're, we're going to charge you 300 percent more yes. than than a younger, healthier exactly, person who's right. not had cancer. Exactly. So, so they can just jack up the rates, as Senator Janet Peterson put it today, um, without that protection in place. So that's a really key component that the Republican bill does not have, and it basically renders that bill almost meaningless. Because, I mean. If you get it, if you can buy an insurance plan, that you, but you can't afford it, then what's the point, you know, of that of that none. bill? Mm-hmm. So, it's their attempt for political cover in a year that, uh, in an election year. But we're gonna do our, we're gonna keep educating people about the real differences between those bills, and frankly, putting for and helping to to push people to call in and support the good bills because the Senate bill, the Senate Democrats bill that was introduced. Uh, the, the, uh, yesterday or today um, is very good. I mean, it puts real protections in place um, for the people that it can, and 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 it and it's a very it, it 
it presents a very stark difference between the Republican legislation being put forward. So the House Democrats will have a bill soon, so there'll be legislation moving forward in each chamber. If it doesn't move forward, we hope that they attach it. If, if Republicans don't give it committee hearing or subcommittee and committee hearings, we hope that they attach it as amendments to every single bill that they possibly can so that they force votes on this and keep pushing the, pushing the issue because it's really important. So over this past weekend, we partnered with several organizations to host the We the People 2020 Forum uh, with organizations such as People for the American Way, Public Citizen, the Brady Campaign. There are more that I'm forgetting right now. Move on. Move on. NAACP. NAACP. Mm -hmm. Um, Lots of really great organizations to talk about uh, democracy reforms. And Citizens United. And Citizens United, which is very important because Mm -hmm. it's been 10 years Mm -hmm. since that happened. And lots of stuff has happened since then that's not been great. And so the importance of overturning that. uh, But we were very lucky to get to speak with some of the current presidential candidates, including Elizabeth Warren, Amy Klobuchar, Pete Buttigieg, Pete Buttigieg, Deval Patrick, Andrew Yang, Andrew Yang, John Delaney, and John Delaney. Mm-hmm. It, was a, it was a good turnout. It was a good turnout. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to repeat everything that you're saying. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, it was a good turnout. It was a good event. We talked about, yeah, uh, ju- judicial nom, everything from judicial nominees to money and politics. There's several hundred people in attendance, all asking questions of these candidates. Um, and so, so it was, and I, I believe it was the, we, we, we believe it was the first forum solely on democracy and court issues. And so bringing these issues out to the forefront and getting candidates on the record about judicial nominations and, and getting money out of politics and things like that is really important because you, you need to get them on the record during the campaign um, and and make sure we know where they stand. So. Yeah, I'd, I'd like for my vote to count the same as, like, the NRA. That would be nice, if, wouldn't if it? it? I mean, like, even, like, a quarter as much as right? the NRA. Absolutely. Um, so there were there was a, a lot of a lot of great uh, uh, feedback from Iowans who attended and 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 a lot of great uh, and powerful remarks from the candidates themselves. So we're going to. We're going to play some of the sound from from that to finish out uh, what a week this week. There is no greater tool or device than working the collective whole, working together in unison toward a goal that secures a future generation for uh, that secures a future for generations to come. As we inch closer to the 2020 presidential election, we must ensure issues affecting our communities and essentially our livelihoods are brought to the table and that people of color have a voice. We need to reform the rules in the Senate and get rid of the filibuster. As long as we have a filibuster in the United States Senate, that means it's going to be a 60-vote threshold for anything we want to get done. And that effectively means that the gun industry has a veto. 
The same way the pharmaceutical industry has a veto, the same way the oil industry has a veto, one powerful lobby after another has a veto. I always feel like with those 400 bills that are sitting on Mitch McConnell's desk, a number of them democracy reforms, uh, that we feel like we have gone backwards in the U.S. Senate while the rest of the country is going forwards on things like gun safety uh, and on voting rights. There are few issues in American life in which there is greater consensus than on the need to address the epidemic of gun violence in this country. We have lost more Americans to gun violence since 1970 than we have lost in all of America's wars combined. Gerrymandering and all this money in politics has, on this issue in particular, given the NRA a playing field that's been in their favor. But it's starting to change. And it's going to change. And it's going to change because of people stepping forward, sharing their stories, having the courage to do it. Because that's what the story you told moves minds and moves hearts more than anything any elected official can tell. More than anything any elected official can tell you. And that's why I'm so grateful that you stepped forward and are, and are here and doing what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. What a Week is produced by Progress Iowa as part of the Potluck Media Network and would not be possible without grassroots supporters like you. We are recorded, mixed, and edited by Greg Howenstein. For more information, visit potluck.fm or find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to leave us a five-star review and subscribe. See you next week on What a Week.